Today on IFS Talks, we're welcoming back Paul Neustadt. Paul Neustadt is a senior IFS co-lead trainer and AAMFT-approved supervisor. In his private practice, he specializes in couples therapy, parent coaching, and IFS consultation. He co-leads a monthly seminar for Level 1 graduates focused on integrating the skills learned in Level 1. Paul has led workshops on IFS on a large variety of relevant topics to the model. As an IFS trainer, Paul's known for creating a safe, accepting atmosphere, attending thoughtfully to group process, and ensuring that all parts are welcome. Paul is known for his clear, down-to-earth, and open-hearted manner, and we are so happy to welcome him back. Welcome back, Paul, and thank you so much for joining us again today on IFS Talks. Well, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be back with the two of you. You are both very special people to me. Just uh, So it's a joy just to spend this time with you. Thank you, Paul, so much for willing to sit again with us. This time for a specific topic, the gift of our exiles. But before we dive deep into our topic, how have you been through those difficult pandemic days? How... Was this affecting you or your work? So thank you for asking me that question, Annabelle. First of all, just, you know, acknowledge I'm in Massachusetts and, in the, you know, in the Boston area. And so that that is one place where there is a lot of, you know, people getting infected and, and dying. And so we have had a pretty significant lockdown um, you know, for, for a couple months already. More, you know, more than, yeah, I guess it's, it's two and a half months. Yeah, it's been hard. You know, I mean, like everybody else, like everyone else, it's been really, really hard. Mostly, most of the time I feel grateful because um, I'm here with, you know, I'm in, at home with my wife. We have each other, we support each other, and then that, you know, makes such a huge difference, you know, to be able to be going through this together. And, you know, I'm grateful I still have an income, you know, I can still see my clients. Um, yeah. So, well, so I can go outside and go for walks, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in an area where there's a lot of nature and beauty and um, we have beautiful birds in our backyard. You know, I, I feel very fortunate I have that. And, you know, at the same time, it's hard. It really is hard. And I have found myself at times um, disappointed in myself. Part of me has been disappointed in myself, wanted me to somehow um, have some have something more to offer people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, you know, this part feels like, well, you're just, you're just struggling like everybody else. <laughs> so that's been, I guess, one of the things that I am working on in my life right now it's sort of a theme for me is uh, 
acknowledging parts who are disappointed in me. Letting them feel their disappointment. Mm -hmm. And then seeing if if they'd be willing to, you know, forgive, forgive me, forgive, you know, forgive us. You know, the parts who are disappointed. Can we, can I make space for the disappointment? I'm not who, I'm not who they want me to be. And then can they forgive me? Um, And so that's been a really, I, I would say that's been a good practice for me. So this this pandemic has given me more opportunities <laughs> to experience that. I've, I I feel a lot more tired. I can't I can't do as many things as I wish I could do um, because I get tired. Um, you know, being on Zoom so much, you know, is 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 exhausting. Um, and it's you know it's hard. I I I can't. Um, my daughter is pregnant, and um, they're needing to be very, very careful. And so, we have to keep social distance from um, from her and her husband. Um, so, you know, that's been hard. It's been hard too. Um, so, that's I guess that's a little bit about what it's been like for me. I've noticed with myself and with with a lot of clients, there is this expectation that that we'll we'll just get through it but then the reality is that there's a lot of challenging feelings and parts that come up on a day-to-day basis and it's hard in isolation to acknowledge them give them the space that they need yes thank you for saying that because it reminds me that one of the pieces for me is that there's this message you know a lot of um teachers are are putting out like well, this is an opportunity, actually. This is an opportunity for us to do some deep work, you know, to do some deep transformation. Mm-hmm. So that's part of, you know, part of me is expected. Oh, so it's okay. So are you doing that? Are you doing your deep work? Are you, are you transforming? Yeah, no, I'm not always doing that. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just struggling. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Paul, you have been leading many workshops and teachings on IFS. You have been leading workshops in topics like self-led parenting, therapeutic relationship, direct assess, IFS and climate change, power of presence in IFS therapy and the gifts of our exiles reconnecting with our true self. This title called our attention once when we think of exiles we mainly think of them as vulnerable or fragile young parts, caring burdens, fearful of being rejected or excluded, of being themselves. So, Paul, what are exiles? Where do they come from? Well, um, you know, so many different ways that young, vulnerable parts can be exiled. And, of course, we know they're not just young. 
a lot of our exiles are young, but parts can be exiled at any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that do that. You know, uh, trauma, um, attachment injuries, um, all the different ways that children are wounded um, growing up. Being humiliated, being rejected, um, messages that there's something wrong with me that either comes from our family or from our peers or from the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so many different ways. There's one quote that I really like that, that, that captures at least a piece of this. This is from Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And she says, To be ourselves causes us to be exiled by many others. And yet, and yet to comply with what others want causes us to be exiled from ourselves. Well, tricky. Yeah. So this dilemma that we're in because, because there are expectations put on us you know, how we should be that might be different from how we are. Mm-hmm. And we might feel like we have to reject aspects of ourselves in order to, in order to please the people we're dependent on. Mm-hmm. There you have the tension between our managers and our exiles, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul, how did you uh, conceive of or come across the idea of the gifts of our exiles where does that come from and how do you uh, how do you relate it to the work that you do well part of this is a um a legacy heirloom from my from my mother my mother always saw the good in other people and um so it's just something i think i learned from her. So I see it as a gift that I, you know, that she passed down to me. And um, so first I actually started um, applying that to um, protectors, um, you know, because, you know, we learn that protectors have positive in, um, intentions. And so I really wanted to explore that. And, you know, a lot of my work with parents, for example, was around helping parents see that the reactive parts, the ones that they tend to be most ashamed of and self-critical of, that the reactive parts actually have gifts for them. You know, once they bring self-energy to their reactive protectors, um, there's a lot of wisdom there. That's how I started. And then I started, I don't know, I think it was really just through my own inner work. I started to come to see that when I um, unburdened an exile um, and really felt into what that was like, I, I felt I was getting a gift. There were gifts I was getting from reintegrating um, that exile into my into my sense of self into my being so i guess i would just because of my own personal experience um and i i can you know i can share a couple uh of those experiences 
That'd be great. I'm curious about what some of the gifts sure. are and how it feels to bring them in. Yeah. And I love your personal stories. Just before that, let me just quote you, Paul. You say, For most people, the prospect of approaching exiles is frightening. Our protectors tend to see our exiles as dangerous, shameful, too much, or fragile. They are unable to see beyond the exiles' burdens, and even the exiles often think they are their burden. And only when we help the client and their parts recognize the exiles' gift, it can ease their resistance to connecting with and healing the exiles. So mostly this is our inner experiences. We fear to get closer to our exiles. So we hardly can see any gift around the, our exiles. We just see fragility, uh, vulnerability, shame, wordlessness, and health. So I would like also to invite you both to revisit what hard burdens Finally, what are burdens? Because really our exiles carry so much burdens. What are those burdens? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the key pieces is that, that burdens are, are have to do with a mistaken belief about, about myself that a part takes on. It's a really deeply misguided and mistaken belief. So there's a lot more. There's the energy of, um, you know, of, a, of the wounding, the trauma that, that um, one of the definitions of trauma is that it was something that was unbearable, that was too much to process. So the energy of it gets stuck in mm -hmm. our bodies. So I think that's part of the burden. You know, all the feelings that, that we couldn't process. A key piece is the meaning that um, we make. Since most exiles, most, you know, most parts are exiled as children. As a child, we're, we're not, we don't have the ability to really see clearly mm -hmm. what's going on around us. And we're so dependent on our caretakers that we can't blame them. We can't, we can't mm -hmm. see them as a, being at fault. That would be too dangerous. So children always tend to blame themselves. And they're in their effort to make meaning, which is such a basic need. How do I understand? Why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why am I being treated this way? Why am I being, you know, told, you know, punished and, you know, rejected and yelled at, whatever, you know, how do I understand this? And so as children, we assume that it's, it's, it's something about me, something wrong with me, something I'm doing. I, I must be shameful. Um, so that's, that's, I think, a brief notion of what burdens are. Paul, following with your lines on exiles, may I call Dick into the conversation?
quoting him from chapter on exiles. And he says, if an exile is young, which is often the case, its views will match its age, including the either or. Either I'm good or either I'm bad. And self-referential thinking that is characteristic of children. If it happened, I'm responsible. Trying to correct those beliefs cognitively is rarely persuasive with young exiles, but when the self gets close and extends love, they open up to alternative views. So this is somehow about what you were saying also. Yes, that captures it beautifully, absolutely. So I would say that, that what happens is, um, you know, our protectors have a mistaken view of our exiles also. They think that the exile is the burden. That's the mm. biggest mistake. You know, they, they assume the exile actually is its burden. They don't see this young, vulnerable, sensitive, um, beautiful, alive, you know, child underneath. They just see the burden. Mm -hmm. And and so um, helping protectors and, and in doing that, helping, you know, so when we say the client, you know, the part the client tends to be blended with their protectors, right? And and so um, by helping the protectors understand that there is a dis difference between the burden and the and the part that's hidden mm -hmm. by it. Um, the client as a as a whole as a, you know tends to shift their view of of their own, of their exiles and uh, the protectors are more tend to be more willing then to allow the client to access self energy and to allow self to approach the the exiles So, Paul, coming back to um, Tisha's question, what are our exiles' gifts? I'd like to quote you again. I think in 2019, IFS conference, you described the, the different kinds of gifts that unburdened exiles uh, give us. And you say, perhaps the most important gift is that they enable us to connect with our true self. And I'd like to visit this with you, what is our true self? and the unique qualities and gifts we have to offer the world. And you say our aliveness, our joy, our passion, and many other qualities are brought back to us when we reintegrate our exiles. Yeah, so I can do that. Before I share my own stories, I can just say a little bit more about my idea of the, of the true self. I guess I'd, I'd start by saying that, you know, the concept of the self in IFS is, is such a powerful and important uh, idea and, and reality, 
you know, it's, it, you know, for us to recognize um, all these qualities that are in us, inherent in us. Um, and the idea of, of, the, of the self is that these are really universal qualities. We all have these same eight C's. So the one thing that felt um, like it was missing a little bit in that is the idea that each of us are also unique. And even when, even when I am embodying self-energy, um, the particular way that I embody self-energy is still unique to me. Um, you know, every IFS trainer manifests IFS a little bit differently. You know, they teach it a little bit differently. Like we each, we each have a little bit different um, way of um, understanding it and, and conveying it and embodying it. So to me, there's something, there's something unique in each of us that's really important for us to include. Um, so I, I think of true self is our, another way to say it is our true nature, um, that we're each unique beings with unique gifts and qualities and a unique path to follow in life. Uh, one way to describe it is our personal, unique, divine essence. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. We each have our own personal, unique, divine essence. There is the universal divine essence, and then maybe our each, each of us have our own unique manifestation of it. Would you say that that is expressed by our own kind of different versions of being in our highest self when we're in like a flow state or when we're connecting with our own exiles? We express that uniqueness with our own particular vibration or way of being how how does that uniqueness get expressed i can i can grasp it when i think about like the different lead trainers showing up with their own voice their own style but i know that when when i'm in self um you know it feels a certain way to me but i am not sure how it would feel to someone else well first of all i want to say I love this concept, you know, though. I really appreciate it. I think one of the things I like about IFS is that we don't have a dogma about about things. You know, we kind of, um, you know, there's a certain openness to people discovering what it is for them, how they understand what self is, how they understand how to how how to how to you know parts show up for them. There isn't a dogma about it, and so I guess I feel that way about what I'm calling the true, the true self or true nature, that, that I, you know, I think different people are going to understand it differently. I, I think our parts, though, carry some aspect of our true self. And when our parts are burdened, both exiles and protectors, I think our the, the true self, the true nature we were born with gets lost. We, we lose touch with it. It becomes disconnected. So, you know, there's the idea that every part has self. So at, at the essence of each part is self-energy. 
So when we unburden our parts and, and we re reconnect with them, I feel like they are carrying aspects of that true self that gets kind of reintegrated, reconnected. So you are saying that we exile our managers, protectors exile important gifts and qualities of ourselves, yes. Yes. Exactly. And yeah. now it's time for a story. <laughs> okay. So for most of my life, until I discovered IFS and did, did more work with my parts, I carried a belief that there was something terribly and fundamentally wrong with me. That I needed to keep hidden from other people. And I was aware of that anytime I was around other people, even good friends, going out to dinner with good friends. I would be afraid, feeling like there are things about me I still couldn't share, even with my good friends. Sometimes it would silence me. It was like, no, 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 you can't say anything because what if you reveal something about yourself that shows just how, how messed up you are? I felt it as a therapist. I felt I was, you know, pretending like I, you know, pretending that I was somebody who could help other people when here I was, I was so messed up myself. So I always had this sense I was hiding. So it had a huge, you know, it, it just affected my whole life. And this belief I would say was shared pretty much by my whole system. You know, all my parts shared this, this belief. And so it wasn't until IFS that I realized these were parts holding this as a burden, that it wasn't the truth. But then I still had to do the work to really believe that, you know, really fully get it. And so what I discovered is that there was one young part who first took on that burden. Then other parts kind of ended up agreeing and holding it because that's what it had that's what it felt like. It felt like that was who I was. That was my experience. And so other parts assumed it was true. So in the process of finally when I got finally got to this the part at you know the, the exile that was really the one first one and I started witnessing this young, this young Paul, I actually could see his goodness. I could see it. I could feel it. Like, like when he was sharing with me the experiences that led him to feel there was something so wrong with him. I could see his goodness and feel it, you know, from self. So, and so self can do that. Self sees beyond the burden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so I began to experience that with this part. And 
As I felt his goodness, I began mirroring it back to him. Even before um, I helped him unburden, I started reflecting back to him that I, I was seeing how good he was. And so as I did that, as I experienced his goodness, as I reflected back, my, my protectors were watching. Um, they started to soften. They started to be more comfortable with my spending time mm -hmm. with this young part of me. And, and so it became easier. You know, the whole process got easier as my protectors noticed this as well. Then, finally, when I did unburden him of all that he had taken on, you know, the, this sense that, he, there was, you know, all the reasons why he felt there was something so fundamentally wrong with him. Um, what I came to feel was that it wasn't just about this part. It wasn't just him who was good. Because I didn't, you know, my parts didn't, it wasn't just about him. I, I didn't think I, I, as a whole human being, was good. But once I experienced mm -hmm. his goodness, I started to feel like, well, maybe that was true of me as a whole person. Maybe I really am a good person. Maybe that goodness is part of my whole nature, not just this one exile. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. That was like, what a transformation for me to oh, feel like, yes, yes I was owning I was owning my goodness through, through this one yeah. exile. I was able to own, you know, it still moves me. I, I can feel I'm about to cry because that was so powerful. Yeah. The gift yeah. he gave yeah. me to recognize my goodness. Makes sense. And part of that, part of that was coming to accept some of my frailties, some of my limitations as a human being. You know, some of the things, those, those things that made, you know, made him feel like, you know, there was something wrong with him were just, you know, be, part of being a human being. We all have our, 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 our frailties, our, you know, limitations. You know, our unique ways that, you know, some people uh, might have projected, but they're just, you know, part of us. So self-acceptance was a part of another gift I got from him, was learning to accept who I really am. And that, that actually, I realized, was part of my life purpose. Part of my life purpose is... Um, I'm really, still moves me. It still really moves me to tears when it's I... really powerful. Um, you know, most of my life, I didn't know why was I here? What was my purpose? I couldn't figure it out. And it really, mm -hmm. that was another thing that pained me. I, I, I didn't know what, what was the purpose of my life. So um, it was through this this exile, connecting with this exile, that I I got in touch mm -hmm. with with you know a big piece of mm -hmm. my purpose in life was to 
help other people recognize the, um, the possibility of, of, of accepting ourselves and loving ourselves for who we are, not needing to be different than who we are. Yes. you were my introduction to IFS and I remember feeling that so tangibly just in your presence right like oh there is this possibility of self-acceptance and it felt like a, a far reach but that hope that you brought was incredible I'm curious what it was like for your exile to be met you know that that's uh, a deep question but how was that process for him yeah it's a wonderful question tisha i think that's part of the the tears it's part of the you know um, i think it was very powerful for this exile amazing like to be transformed from, you know, being seen as so terribly wrong to recognizing that he was, he was carrying so much for me, you know? I mean, so I think that's, I think that's why it still makes me cry because it's, it's, you know, what a powerful shift for, you know, for that young part to go through. Maybe not always present in every process when we do IFS, not always this gift is present in such a clear way for our clients and ourselves. So this is really huge what you are sharing. So thank you for naming that. I, I believe that if we bring this perspective to our clients and it can be integrated into the process of unburdening the process of invitation mm -hmm. and it can help the unburdening process be be even more deep and, and powerful yes exactly i mean i do this at different stages right first i want to help protectors begin to see that there's something more to this exile than they think. And then um, when we're finally doing the witnessing, I, I always have in mind, let me notice, let me notice the good qualities that this exile is already demonstrating, even in the witnessing. And let me reflect that back. And as I do that, it already makes a difference. There's already an unburdening that starts happening because these exiles have, have often never had this mirroring experience, the mirroring, reflecting that all children need. 
And some of these exiles have never had their goodness, never had their their uniqueness, their you know their special qualities. They've never had them that mirrored back to them. And so when they experience that in the witnessing, it's very powerful already, even before they unburden. You know, they they even before they 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 you know do the the ritual of you know naming the burden and letting it go. Just that process of being mirrored is very powerful and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I will do that. I and then sometimes um, I help the client notice and and um, do the mirroring. That's that's already in the witnessing process, and then in the invitation, there's, there's two questions that we tend to ask when the exile has unburdened in the invitation. One is now invite the the um, this young part or this this part who's you know because it's not always young, invite it to um, tune in to its true nature. And then ask it if it would like to invite in any qualities that it that it would like to have or needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I tend to emphasize getting in touch with its true nature. Beautiful. Well, that leads me to your four main strategies that you outlined for detecting the gifts in our exiles that I've found so interesting. And I'm going to name them and I would like you to comment and illustrate if this is possible. Before you do, I just want to say one more thing about that invitation process. Please. So, um, the client, to invite the exile, get in, back in touch with your true nature and really spend time with that, feel into it. And then I'll say to the client, can you also reflect back this part of you, what you see? What are the qualities that you're noticing in this part of you? And then and then, what is that like for this part? What's it like for it to be seen by you in this way, to have you reflect back these qualities? And then I'll say, and what is it like for you now? What's it like for you to feel this part of you sharing these qualities with you? What is it like for you to feel, to reintegrate this part, to feel this part connected back in you? What's it like? Can you take some time and and feel into it? Let it fill your whole body. Breathe it in. let Let this part fill you so that you can feel what what are the gifts? What are the gifts this part now has for you now that it's been freed of its burden? That deepens the process. And that's, that's often when the client begins to feel, wow, yes, I see. I see what this part is giving me. I can feel it. And so, so that, that's 
that often that that piece to me is really a key a key piece of the unburdening process yeah So here are the strategies. One, as the client is interacting with the exile, the therapist can listen for specific qualities of the exile to reflect back, such as courage or creativity. So the therapist reflecting back actively, right? Yes. And second strategy, in the common scenario where there are a lot of protectors, Therapists can spend some time wondering with the client what gifts they have already received as a result of this young part of them. You want to comment on this one? Sure. Um, that gets to the different kinds of gifts that I, I believe um, exiles can give us. So one is this reconnection with our true nature, and that's the one that I think is most powerful. But there's also, so the experience, uh, the way we've been wounded and the way that exiles carry that wounding, sometimes, for a lot of us, it really transforms our lives in very positive ways. Particularly, you know, a lot of us as therapists, one of the reasons we, be, we decided, we chose to become therapists was because of the ways we were wounded growing up. So that's one gift I think sometimes we can acknowledge that, that it was the experience that this part is holding for us that actually shaped our lives in some positive exactly. ways. Interesting. And just naming that and, and helping the exile feel, um, even though they're carrying all this pain, that there's something positive that they, and that some positive way they impacted us um, is helpful. For an exile to hear. Totally. Mm -hmm. There's another gift which I believe is the way I understand it is that the fact that this one part, this part who's one of the, you know one of my sensitive parts, you know, part who's so open, you know, and, and feels things deeply, the fact that this part took on the the trauma took on the wounding and held it for me yeah. right this part holds it it enabled the rest of my parts to go on so so that my whole system isn't um held back by this trauma my system gets to go on move on with life because uh this one part has is holding the trauma for me Beautiful, well said. I just have a quick question about that. Does it feel like those parts are always waiting to be healed? And does our life set up circumstances that invite us back there? Is that some sort of fate? You know, are they, are they always waiting and edging us in the direction that will bring us back? So personally, I do believe that we come into this life with le certain lessons that we need to learn and experiences that we need to have. I, I believe that our souls are 
evolving through many lifetimes. And so I think that some of this whole experience of experiencing wounds and um, being burdened and then healing is, is part of this journey that we're each come into the, this life meant to have. So I do believe that there is something that happens. There's something that we're guided to um, evolve in this way and to come back to these young parts and heal them. So coming back to these detecting gift strategies, the third one, Paul, you say therapists can ask the exiles if there are any ways as a result of their experiences that the client's life might have been affected in a positive way. Yes, I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what else to say. What else to say? Yes. Um, but that's, yes, that is one of the questions I, I might ask. Yeah. And the fourth strategy, as part of the unburdening and to emphasize reconnecting with the exile's true nature, rather than just welcoming in new qualities, therapists can really take some time to let that exile's true nature become present. Right. Do you want to comment on this, how to illustrate this? Yeah, well, I think, I think um, I just, I did say a little bit about that already, but, I, you know, I can tell you another story and maybe... Um, I don't know, maybe that maybe I have another personal story, I guess I'd like to share with you. Beautiful. So this was a session with my therapist in which I um, unburdened a part of me who made me feel extremely fragile. So, you know, again, oftentimes when we're, when initially when we're in touch with our exiles, we're blended with them, right? And so, when this when this exile would come up it was generally was blending with me and it was so making me feel like i i just was extremely fragile and so that sense of fragility the additionally um i i became ashamed of it i became ashamed that i was so fragile and this is one of the things that i was terrified of people seeing so, so this exile carried both shame. So carried, first of all, carried the feeling of fragility. Then it carried shame about it. Mm -hmm. And then it carried a, a terror of, of people noticing how fragile I was. So when I was witnessing this part, um, it asked me if it was included in my life purpose of modeling self-acceptance. Wow. It asked me, am I, am I part of that? It said, are you going to accept me also? Do you really mean it? Yes. <laughs> Do you really mean it? Am I included? Will you accept me? So my therapist said to me that she was um, noticing the bravery and forthrightness of this part, that it would challenge me in that way. This, you know, it challenged me. And um, 
I realized then that this part was actually stronger and more resilient than I had realized. It wasn't just fragile. Like, yes, it was carrying a burden of fragility, but as I was witnessing it, more of its true nature was already starting to come through. Right? It became clear. It's not just the burden of fragility. There is more to this part than fragility. So there was actually resilience. There was strength. There was forthrightness in this, in this part. It was demonstrating it. And so I was able to, um, you know, my therapist called attention to it. I was able to acknowledge it to this part. And then I realized also as part of this, it helped me see, this, this young part helped me see so this is this is when we get get to the you know once it was unburdened when i when i wondered like okay so what is the gift this part had had for me i realized that fragility the experience of fragility is actually inherent to being human how could we not sometimes feel fragile given the world we live in you know, how could we not sometimes end up feeling very fragile? I ended up realizing, yes, well, that's actually part of being human at times is to feel that. That self-acceptance. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I ended up feeling, and, and so this is part of the, that process, that, that invitation and the integration was to really feel into what the part was giving me and then to acknowledge back to the part, wow, this is what I feel like you're giving me. This is what I'm getting from you. Um, so it felt like it gave me a deeper appreciation of human nature. Um, and I, I, I also began to see how those qualities that I saw in it were qualities I could own as part of who I am. Because I never before saw myself as someone who could be forthright. I saw myself more as kind of holding myself back, afraid to really um, express myself strongly in the world. And here was a part who could be really forthright, right? And I began to feel like, well, wait a minute. So maybe that ability, that quality of forthrightness, maybe I could really fully own that as me. So I, I, so that was another gift this part gave me was was that inner strength and forthright, forthrightness, and also resilience, the recognition that I could go through some really difficult experiences and initially feel um, knocked knocked over, or, you know, thrown thrown over, you know, lose my way or but I could trust that I had some resilience because this part was showing me that, this quality of, of resilience. So I just really, the, the part of the experience with this, with this part was like really uh, reflecting back, you know, what it, was, what it was giving me. And it really, again, what you're highlighting, it, it really honors that, our exiles are so dynamic 
it's really easy to get into the mindset that they're weak, that they're vulnerable, but they're, you know, there's, they're, they're whole young people that have so many different qualities. And even though the burdens have one lens, it sounds like you're really illuminating how much is there in each of our exiles, not only fragile, but resilient, not only hurt, but brave. Right, exactly. Well, our exiles are not always so young, right? They can be as older as us or, or even older than us. I mean, we can exile any parts of us that carry some vulnerability or fragility, like aging ones, the parts of us that are aging, that are feeling our body isn't the same, our shape isn't the same. Would you like to comment on this? Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for naming that Anibal because <laughs> that that uh, that helps me recognize a trailhead for me. You know, like like I, yeah, I think I need to do some more work with with uh, a part of me carrying that burden of aging and seeing aging um, and all the you know difficulties of aging, the impact on my body, the not feeling able to do things as well anymore. You know, there's so much in aging that I think um, is painful for some of my parts. And so I don't think I've done that work yet, actually, to really get in touch with exiles around aging. So yeah, you're helping me uh, identify some some work I think I can still do. Well, we can do it together. <laughs> I'm in. The point about exiles being older, I think I characterize them as as young, which we often do, but um, you know, when a trauma is recent and the exiles are recent or or adult. Um, yeah, are there different gifts? Are there different ways of approaching them that you're aware of, Paul? I, I've tended to focus more on young on young exiles, so I don't have I don't have examples that come to mind of working with older exiles. Um, I do imagine there's something different um, about that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm certain that there still are gifts that they have for us. Um, you know, I think Dick talks really beautifully about how, like in marriage, where, you know, any intimate relationship, we tend to um, exile parts of ourselves in order, you know, in our effort to make the relationship work. Um, you know, it you often feels like some part of me can't be here in this relationship. You know, the relationship can't handle having this part of me here, so I have to exile it. 
Um, that's so common. And so I have done some work with that, um, with people who are exiling parts of themselves um, in a relationship. Uh, but I think I think there's more. There's more could, that could be done there that I haven't really fully explored yet. Beautiful, Bob. We are coming to a close. Are you willing to guide us into a meditation now? Sure, I would love to do that. So, so I have a, a meditation that I can often guide people in, and then. There's also um, a writing exercise that I invite people to do. And this is um, an exercise of writing from self to an exile. You can also do a, a, writing, a writing exercise with protectors when protectors are not ready yet to let you have ac ac access to an exile. Um, so there, there are both options, but the invitation is really for people to um, embody qualities, some qualities of self, and then when they focus on either the exile or the protector, um, first to invite the part to write to them. Um, and so you let the part just come through you. You know, like you, you can just invite the part to embody, whether it's a protector or an exile, and write to you um, what it wants you to know. And then you thank it, and then you invite it to hear from self. And so you shift your energy to embodying self and respond. And so you're doing all this, you're, so you're writing all of this down. Um, and then you, so you have a dialogue back and forth from from your exile to self, from self back. Um, so that can be a very powerful um, exercise. A lot of people find writing very helpful. I guess we'll just do the meditation and then the invitation is for people, if they'd like, you know, at some point they could do that writing exercise. So just want to invite people to begin by taking some deep breaths and letting themselves really drop into their bodies. And letting your breath guide you into being more fully connected to your body. And just staying with that, being a witness to your body's experience in this moment. And as you feel yourself becoming more fully present, more fully grounded, 
in your body in this moment. I invite you to set an intention. And it might be to be a loving presence, a welcoming, warm, inviting, loving presence for a vulnerable part of you. part of you that you might already have some familiarity with that's been carrying a burden And not needing to work at this, just trusting your deeper self to guide you. And to invite some part of you that's needing to feel seen, needing its goodness to be seen, needing to feel loved, a part needing to be accepted just the way it is. And just opening space for a part to come forward. And if you do notice a, a protective part, not comfortable with this yet, that's fine. Just use this time. to welcome that part. And to have that same intention to see its goodness. To recognize it too is carrying a burden and it too has a gift. And if you can connect with a vulnerable part, help it to feel your welcoming presence. You might, as you 
Spend time with it. Have your eyes open for qualities that you might want to reflect back to it. And you might ask it if there's something it wants to share with you now or something it needs from you. And just letting this part and letting yourself guide this process. Tuning into whatever this part of you is needing from you. And if it feels right, while you're witnessing whatever this part is sharing, you might see if you can notice both the burden it's carrying and its true essence that's been hidden by the burden. Just continuing to be with this part in whatever way feels right. And if it feels right, you might just mirror back to this part any qualities that you're noticing.
So maybe just taking another minute to bring this to some completion. You might ask what this part needs from you before we need to end. I just appreciate it and reflect back again anything else that you'd like it to to feel any way you'd like it to feel seen by you. might set an intention to be with this part again soon and if you've been connecting with a protector also appreciating it and if it's needing more time from you also sending an intention to spend more time with that as well and then when you're ready just gradually letting your eyes open Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. I'm curious if either of you want to share anything. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I connected with a um, a younger part who I, I haven't seen in a really long time, who who was uh, an adolescent going through awkward, crooked teeth and feathered hair and really struggling to feel good in her body. Um, she shared how, how critical her mom was about her own body. And 
was just, it was was a very powerful meditation for me to be back there and really connect from the heart with how hard that was. Um, Yeah, so really, really grateful. It feels deeper than a trailhead. And I really like the idea of spending some time deepening the communication. A letter sounds beautiful. She would love that. And it was also nice to reflect the qualities that I saw in her back to her. Part of me worried that it would feel inauthentic without developing that relationship with her, but it it um, felt really good for her to hear what I knew about her from a place of, of my heart connection. Thank you so much, Tisha. And, you, you know, you named something that's really important in this, the heart connection, like having the reflection come from a place, you know, of a deep heart connection makes such a difference. And I'll just share one one quick story. One time I I invited a client to reflect back some, some positive quality to um, its exile. And the exile said back to him, wait a minute, first, I want you to just accept me in my fear, in my terror. Before you say anything good, I want to make sure you can accept the fear that I'm feeling. Yeah, I don't feel like my ex, I, she, she had a good bullshit detector. Yes. And so that was, that was powerful, right? Just, just to have the exile say, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to hear that yet. So thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. It's always so wonderful to meet with you and to gain your insight and to learn about our true nature and self-acceptance and the gifts of our exiles. Beautiful, beautiful road you've you've paved for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, thanks again for having us. It was again a joy to be with you and Tisha. And let's hope that we can keep meeting in person as well. Without pandemic restrictions. <laughs> yes, I would love that. I would love that. And uh, thank you. I felt like I got so much from this too. The opportunity to reconnect with those parts of me. And uh, for them to feel like like what they shared with me, other people might also benefit from. And, and just some of the things you brought up gave me more, more things I know I can more trailheads for me, more for me to explore. So thank you.